5: Keep it rolling here on the nightcap. It is hour two alongside former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Tulane Green Wave great, Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Week four of the college football season approaching here. Shortly mentioned Liberty. They've got a big one, an opportunity, even though it is Syracuse and a team that they beat last year. But they are a six-point favorite. I want to get to some quotes Uh, that were out there today regarding point spreads and coaches uh, a little bit (laughs) later on. Uh, Very interesting to hear some coaches say uh, about the point spread. But uh, to talk a little more college football, dive into what we've seen so far and look ahead into week number four. We bring in Ty Hildenbrandt of the Solid Verbal Podcast. He and Dan Rubenstein, multiple episodes a week, and he joins us right now on the phone. Uh, Ty, a lot to get into um, in an I guess I'll just start with the obvious, you know, college game day, uh, big noon kickoff. They're all going to be in Chicago. Your boy will be in Chicago. Uh, Sean likes to take his jabs at at Notre Dame. I get it. And I hate this matchup. I think Wisconsin, it's pretty telling why they're a six and a half point favorite. Uh, So what have you and Dan, when you did your uh, preview pod, uh, anticipate to see in the uh, Notre Dame-Wisconsin showdown on Saturday afternoon?
4: Yeah, well, you're right. First off, thanks for having me back, guys. It's great to be with you. Um, I am terrified as a lifelong Notre Dame fan of the matchup between Wisconsin's defensive line and Notre Dame's offensive line. I think that's the key matchup right now, the the battle in the trenches. We should know relatively soon how that's going to go. Notre Dame is down to backups at certain spots. They're playing guys out of position. And we saw in that Penn State game week one, Wisconsin may not be great on offense, but we know they can play good defense. So definitely going to be a challenge for Jack Cohn. Maybe we'll see more Tyler Buckner. I think we we need to if Notre Dame's going to have a real shot at this thing. But uh, right now, if I've got a lean, I would say I like Wisconsin outright, but probably Notre Dame with the points just because uh, I'm not convinced Wisconsin's got the offense to separate.
5: You know, it's funny, Sean, I was listening to a podcast uh, and it had it was Notre Dame beat reporter Pete Sampson, uh-huh. and it had the uh, Wisconsin beat reporter on there. <laughs> it's very interesting to hear the perception from Wisconsin fans is they stink. No, I mean, not because they do. They're not really they, average. Not that they stink, no, but they're, they're really average. And, and Notre Dame fans are we're not that good either. And yeah. I, I'm in that camp too. So it's I feel like Wisconsin fans think that they're gonna lose. Notre Dame fans think that they're
3: gonna lose. I was about to chastise Ty slightly and educate both of you. They can't win if you guys don't believe in them. <laughs> Even if it's false enthusiasm, fake it till you no, make it, is, Ty.
5: No, this is what we got to do. We're very pessimistic, Ty. We, that's the way we roll. Listen, you know?
3: you're playing a team that has a quarterback that has not thrown a touchdown pass through two games. So it looks like it's going to be a fourth quarter game. You guys have had a lot of experience be it because you're not as talented as normal or you're still finding your (laughs) groove, but you've been in fourth quarter games almost every week. So I think you guys have the advantage. What do you say to that, Ty? I
4: I mean, I'm not playing. You know, I'll be optimistic when I see it. Uh, (laughs) I am am optimistic to the extent that I think Notre Dame has a lot that they have not shown yet. Uh, I think that's been by design. And so whether that involves bringing in their backup, who's a little more mobile, whether that involves doing some creative stuff in the backfield with Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams, I don't know, but I I think there's a lot more on offense that we have not seen yet. Um, You know, and on the Wisconsin side, I think, I think you're right. You know, they, uh, that game against Penn state in week one, just it's really hard to unsee that game. I mean, it was hard to watch as you saw it in real time, but, having that burned into your brain, just kind of how conservative they were on offense. I feel like every version of the Wisconsin offense is kind of the same from year to year. And so I, to that point, like fourth quarter game, I think you're right on the money. I think it's close. And that's part of why I like the points. Like I, I like Wisconsin defense. I'm just not sure what to make of the offense and can they separate from an opponent? If they get up on Notre Dame, it's just, it, it's going to be a slog of a game and, I joked on Twitter. I could see it being borderline unwatchable because of it. I just, it's going to be a very conservative game, at least on the Wisconsin side.
5: Yeah, I appreciate your confidence in the watchability. Considering I'm taking a red eye flight after our show on Friday, landing at 5:35 Central, going straight to Soldier Field to watch this game, turning right around and flying back to Las Vegas. I'm so about to. I appreciate the confidence I'm about to there.
3: Guarantee. It's my first guarantee of the week. Notre Dame <laughs> money line over Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm just telling you, the fighting Irish are a better football team than Wisconsin. See, I don't know if you're Wisconsin, No, I'm being serious. Wisconsin is riding on preseason hype. Nothing that they have done in the 2021 20, so season so Dame, says that they're an elite football team. <laughs> but my point is, you guys have proven you can beat mediocre football teams, so that's what you're playing, is a mediocre football team. So tie them all in, I'm going well, I, Notre Dame money line. I, look,
5: I hope, I hope you're right, Sean, because that trip, that uh 16, 18-hour excursion I'm making to the Midwest this after uh, this weekend. I
3: might even sing the fight song after the game. All right,
5: I'll hold you to it. Uh, But there are other games, uh, Ty, and a team that I know had the apple of your eye early on in the year, and then they went to Stark Vegas and laid an egg. That would be NC State. They're at home this weekend. They're getting a ton of points against Clemson, and nothing about Clemson has really been all that inspiring considering they've scored two touchdowns against FBS competition, but their defense has been really strong. So when you look at Clemson-NC State, uh, mid-afternoon game down in Raleigh, right now you're looking at a 10-point line in favor of Clemson. Uh, are you taking the points with the, uh, with the home team here?
4: My, my co-host Dan and I had an argument about this game uh, uh, earlier today when we recorded our previous show. He's taking points. I am not. And to Sean's point about Wisconsin, perhaps I'm riding a little bit too hard on that preseason Clemson hype. I don't know. Um, Certainly what we saw from them last week was not very inspiring. But from my standpoint, I, I do trust in the NC State defense. I think they're very solid, and I do think that we will again have questions about the Clemson offense coming out of this game. It's just the Clemson defense is so freaking good. It is a brick wall. They have not given up an offensive touchdown, you know, all season. And this is such a solid team, especially given what we saw with NC state when they traveled Starkville. Um, I'm not convinced they're going to be able to score much on Clemson, if at all. So I think that combination of just the defensive talent we know they've got plenty of talent on offense, they're still trying to piece that together. Uh, I think, taken in tandem with the fact that Clemson all around just has better talent, I don't know. I'm not willing to sell Clemson short at this point. I've got it at twenty-seven to seven. Ooh. Clemson wins, and they hold down the NC State offense.
3: Uh, Ty Tyler Davis announced today he's out for the year. That's one of their starting defensive linemen. I was not on the Clemson train coming into the season. I think you know that. I got them nine and three, (laughs) and I'm feeling real comfortable that eight and four might even be possible. I mean, who
5: are they losing to? They're in a dog fight. They're in a dog
3: fight with Georgia Tech. So I guarantee that NC State has a chance. I do have a question with you about them. Have you been surprised at their lack of ability to create explosive plays? You know, when I watch them play, I feel like that's the one thing that's missing is not having to put 10, 12 play drives together to score. Did you expect them to be more explosive?
4: Well, I, you know, it's a funny, it's a funny question because Devin Leary was out for a chunk of last year and Devin Leary, you know, their starting quarterback. Um, they were super excited about him and I was as well coming into the year. I think we knew that they were going to run the ball a lot, with their tandem of of a Knight and Ricky person jr. Um, it was really a question of what are they going to do in the passing game? You know, how are they going to, Keep things open and creative on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I'm with you. I, to be honest, the the real thing that stands out for me about the NC State offense is just how badly they struggled at Mississippi State. I just can't get over it. And I felt better about this Clemson matchup before I saw the Mississippi State game a few weeks ago because I just expected so much more. Maybe they'll figure it out. I you know these things don't it's not, you can't flip a switch and expect that. Suddenly, they're going to create more explosion plays, but thus far, it's definitely been a bit underwhelming.
5: Yeah, once again with our good friend Ty Hildenbrand, the Solid Verbal Podcast. Check it out; uh, multiple episodes each and every week. Tomorrow will be the dropping of their preview show. Uh, he and Dan go through every single game, uh, including some Patriot League games, which I know a lot of people are always uh, excited to uh, listen to. What's the Patriot League? Come on now, FCS. Okay, More of a more of a tongue-in-cheek, I would say, uh, way to look at that league. Uh, before we let you run, you mentioned Mississippi State. Uh, the past couple weeks, I've been fortunate. Uh, I was on Mississippi State home uh, when they beat NC State, and then I faded them last week, and they had some, let's just say, unfortunate with the referees. Now they're at home and they're catching less than a field goal, which I think a lot of people will raise their eyebrows and say this is LSU on sale. I disagree. I think Mississippi State wins this game outright. Uh, do you think this is a bounce back opportunity for Mississippi State on Sunday, uh, Saturday afternoon?
4: I do. I do. I'm not convinced LSU is all that good. To be perfectly frank, um, you know, LSU is uh, again trying to figure out its. It's offense, it's defense. I mean, they're, they're working through new coordinators. Um, it, it, it's been an underwhelming effort, especially what, what really stood out to me, guys, was the fact that in week one, when they squared off against, or week two, I guess, when they squared off against UCLA, they did not look as physical as UCLA. Yeah. And that really caught me by surprise because typically LSU is, a, is the most physical team on the field outside of you know, a handful of other teams. But that, that was not the case. And so, given Mississippi State's defense, which we know is pretty sound, I don't know. I'm taking, I'm taking clanga clang outright. Give me the Bulldogs. Let's let's ring
5: some let's ring some cowbells together. Ty, always a pleasure, Do man. It, baby. There he is, Ty Hildenbrand. Enjoy your trip. And I will hopefully enjoy that trip. He is Ty Hildenbrand from the Solid Verbal Podcast. That's Sean. I'm Tim. It's the Nightcap here on VC.
0: Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward for limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: This is the Nightcap on v the sports betting network.
5: Manny Machado. Woo! A couple home runs for him tonight. Off of Kevin Gosman, 3-1. The Padres leading the San Francisco Giants that one in the third inning. So good start for the Padres who who need it, <laughs> need mm-hmm. it desperately, trying to catch uh, the Cardinals who I believe took care of business and beat the uh, beat the Brewers. So the 2-1. Card- Cardinals have now won ten in a row. What? They are, yeah, Cardinals have won ten straight. How did we miss this? Yeah, they've won ten in a row. Uh, Nolan Arenado has been unbelievable. And uh, there they are; uh, they are fighting for uh, that second wild card berth as they win today over the Brewers. And they are—they're getting hot at the
3: right time. <laughs> you know what? You told no lies. What's that? I'm looking. Yeah. Yeah. Ten
5: straight wins tonight, and they went off. Uh, they went off as plus 181 underdogs because Brandon Woodruff was on the hill for the uh, Brewers. They get that win two to one, and as you see on the graphic. For those of you watching VEASAN.com, they're now three-and-a-half games. Actually, the Reds lost, so they're now four yeah. games clear of the Reds and three and four-and-a-half up on the Padres. Padres need to win to stay just four games back. The Cardinals slowly but surely distancing themselves there in the National League. Wow. Nationally wild card, I should That's say. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, pretty impressive. Off. Pretty impressive. The Phillies did come back and win, so they keep the heat on uh, the Atlanta Braves there in uh as the Braves though lead five to one over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Thanks again to Ty Hildenbrandt coming on the show, uh, getting his thoughts on week four. Not the uh no, I am never one to complain because I can find pre- uh interesting games anywhere, but this isn't the week you look at and say, oh my gosh, look at all these big time games. Notre Dame, Wisconsin's the the noon Eastern kickoff. Um you got a couple games that I find Interesting down the board, but, you know, we're getting to that point, Sean, where we're seeing some some teams maybe not play up to the level of expectations that we expected preseason, mm-hmm. and we're seeing some teams come out of, I wouldn't say nowhere, but are playing better than expected, which is you know, your Iowas, your Oregons, your Penn States, uh, your BYUs. Mm-hmm. And I know that you think BYU is a team to keep an eye on to
3: uh, maybe maybe make some noise. I do, and here's why. Clemson's not Clemson this year. Ohio State's not Ohio State this year. I'm telling you now, Oklahoma's going to lose twice. Oklahoma's not their normal dominant self. So it's opened the door, in my opinion, for some of these non-Power 5s to go undefeated and have a legit argument. And I'm down on Cincinnati. We'll get into that. A little bit later, as to why. But when you look at BYU's schedule, no matter what you think of Utah and Arizona State now, they're three and zero, and two of those those wins are against top twenty five opponents. No longer in the top twenty five. Right. I said no matter. I don't. Yeah. No, no. No matter what you think of them now, when they played them, they were top twenty five teams. Um, moving forward, they still have Southern Cal. They still have Boise State. They have an undefeated Utah State team. Like that schedule has. To me, some quality wins, but it doesn't have anyone that I think is going to be more talented than BYU. I could very, see the, very easily see them running the table.
5: I could see them going undefeated. Uh, they close the season against USC. They host Virginia, who's a tricky offense. Brendan Armstrong has been really impressive. Now, they lost last weekend by 20 to North Carolina. Virginia did. Uh, that's a game, obviously, that means a ton to Bronco Mendenhall. Mm-hmm. means maybe more to BYU because he left BYU to go to Virginia. If they go undefeated, they're not getting in the playoff. They could see what could work in their advantages. They could maybe find a way, and this is what we discussed last year before they ultimately lost to Coastal Carolina. They could find their way into the New Year's Six. I think that would be, if you're BYU, that's your goal right now. They're, in my way, there's no way that they're getting into the college football playoff. That schedule is not tough enough. USC's not strong enough. You mentioned Utah. And Arizona State, both out of the top 25 now. Maybe they bounce back. Charlie Brewer left the program today for Utah, which was stunning. Um, Utah State's good. Probably going to be handed their first loss of the year this weekend at Boise State. Boise State's good. They lost at home to Oklahoma State. Um, so I just, it's a quality schedule. It's better than last year's. And they could go undefeated. And Kalani Sataki has been phenomenal.
3: You know they were trying to fire him two years ago? Yeah. And what he
5: has <laughs> done, especially this year, Losing the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. That doesn't happen at BYU. And here they are. They're 3 and 0 against Pac 12 teams. They're going undefeated. Deserve all the credit in the world. Wouldn't surprise me. They wouldn't get into the playoffs. They're getting in. They would not.
3: Because Cincinnati won't go undefeated.
5: Well, Cincinnati wasn't going to get in anyways.
3: They would have if they'd already. If the they went up. undefeated, they, maybe. They won't go undefeated. And they have. Here's,
5: here's that, the thing about it: is the committee has already shown that they don't like non power five teams. Right. And Cincinnati starting out where they are and the potential to run the table with wins over Indiana, which is a better win than anything
3: BYU has. I don't agree with that. On the road at Indiana? Yeah, but Indiana hadn't looked that good. But Utah has roller coaster. Utah by has Iowa. Arizona State has. Arizona State—that's their only loss. It's BYU. Yeah, and they've beaten nobody. I know, but it's still their only loss. They have looked bad. I would say they're still yet to be. And determined. both of
5: those games were at home. It's not their fault. But if Cincinnati goes undefeated, they beat Notre Dame. They beat Indiana on the road. Those are much more impressive. And what it will come down to, Sean, is that they're not in a conference. The fact that they're not in a conference is going to
3: be crippling Well, they are in a conference. BYU. They're in the Big 12. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, no, I saw the acceptance letter. They're in the Big 12. So I, I
5: wouldn't be surprised if they made the New Year's six, if they go undefeated, and they should have deserved an opportunity, especially beating Power 5 teams if they do run the table, but if, they will not make the playoffs.
3: If BYU mm-hmm. wins all of their games, yes. they will have one, two, three, four. Four, five, six—they will have seven wins against Power Five teams. Okay.
5: Alabama will have very
3: ten. rarely. My point being, and this is where I kind of think the independence helps them. Very rarely does a non-Power Five school have more than two games against Power Five schools. If BYU win, wins, runs the table. They will have beaten Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, Baylor, Washington State, Virginia, and Southern Cal. Seven teams that reside in Power 5 conferences.
5: And every Power 5 team plays a minimum of eight.
3: Right. But I'm just saying, in a year where Clemson doesn't look like Clemson, Ohio State doesn't look like Ohio State, Oklahoma hasn't lost yet, here's but you what, can see
5: it coming. Here's what it's going to come down to. A two-loss SEC team or there's, just, there's no way BYU gets in undefeated. No we'll way. No, there's no way. You know what they need? I will bet you right now. You know what they need? Add it to our list of bets. If BYU goes undefeated, they won't get
3: it. You need to keep all your energy focused on Notre Dame beating Wisconsin. Having said that, if Dante, second half against Washington State, looked like a new USC team, BYU needs USC to get hot with their interim head coach and be a national topic and they be undefeated. They're not undefeated. They'll already lost to Stanford. I'm saying BYU. Have USC be a national topic, and they be undefeated going into the finale at USC. So basically, USC goes on this run with Dante Williams as the interim head mm-hmm. coach. People are talking about them. They've beaten Oregon, or about to play Oregon for the Pac-12 championship, whichever it may be. BYU sitting there undefeated in a game now that has national ramifications. That would be
5: their only hope? And it's—I still don't. Got to dream
3: it. big. Got to dream big. I'm Tim. realistic. You got to dream big. I'm realistic.
5: I know how that. We've seen enough from the committee. The committee keep kept out undefeated UCF multiple years in a row, who won a conference. COVID changed them. BYU. COVID changed them. <laughs> it did. I love. I love you going on a limb. I, I love it. Hey man, listen. I love it, but
3: it ain't gonna happen. Worldwide pandemic hits. People start thinking differently. I'm just telling you, they're no pulling for the, they're pulling for the little guy. I've said it since before the season. This is the year of David. The Goliaths are down. This is the year of David. The only behemoth that won't figure out how to lose is Alabama,
5: Georgia. Georgia ain't losing.
3: Florida thinks otherwise.
5: Okay, they can think that they're going to yeah. lose to him, Jacksonville, saying.
3: Kentucky. By the way, is my dark horse. If in the Alabama and too.
5: Georgia are, if they meet undefeated, both of them are in. So that's two teams right there. So you need Alabama, whose toughest test. Well, they got Ole Miss coming up at home. I don't think Texas A and M is much of is, is that great this year.
3: Outside of quarterback, they're um, the normal Texas A and M. So you've
5: got Ole Miss. So Alabama could, but Al- Alabama at. I will tell you this right now: If Alabama goes eleven and two and loses to Georgia and the SEC championship, they get it over BYU undefeated.
3: Georgia still has Arkansas at Auburn. I love Kentucky at Florida. Nope. Neutral this t- site. I know. I'm just. It's not an easy walk for Georgia. But once although again, although they look tremendous they, on defense, they look
5: they look great defensively. And the committee has shown us that if it comes down, and it's not even like BYU will have that UCF conference championship win that they've had year after year when they went undefeated. They just will have beaten USC. All right,
3: let's bet uh, Atabay Cigar. Okay, BYU goes undefeated and gets in. That's what I'm saying. You say they go undefeated and don't get in. The qualifier is they have to go undefeated. If BYU goes undefeated. And gets in, you owe me a cigar. Okay. uh, Atabay. You owe me a bottle of red wine. Fine. Deal. Done.
0: Championship. It's the nightcap here on (laughs) v
4: This is the nightcap on v the sports betting network.
5: make your next bet be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data the new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game you'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter better year round check out today's betting splits for every game at vson.com. Alongside former two-lane Green Wave greats, John King, I am Tim Murray, and
3: I do want to keep... Call me Jaron Hall. Your quarterback? That's right, the quarterback at BYU. Call me Jaron Hall. Also... Seven power five victories.
5: Yeah, I know, and what looks so impressive is that eight-point win over Arizona, who just lost to Northern Arizona for the first time since 1932. So... What is BYU... It's like like saying Stanford, impressive win. You went on the road and you beat Vanderbilt. Power five
3: win. Does BYU have odds right now to make the college football playoff? They do not. we get Chris on this week. We got to get on about that. You know
5: why? Because they're not going to make the playoff. If they go undefeated, The, the only glimmer of hope, and I don't even think it's that, is if USC runs the table, which, by the way, they already have a loss to Stanford, so that doesn't help. They lose to BYU. That would be a road win for BYU. And then USC went on to beat well, Oregon.
3: BYU gets tested this week because the Bulls of South Florida are headed to Provo. I like USF in that spot. To, to cover. Get, to, you don't like the them points. to win.
5: No. No. At some point, BYU, it's it's going to hit them. I mean, they, the run's been incredible. Um, they've got dudes. They do. Uh, they lost their top tackler, Keenan uh, yeah. for the year. Tore his ACL. But I, I do want to keep talking about this you know, who could crash the CFP this year? Because I do think it's a fascinating discussion uh, because you look at teams like Iowa, who've gotten off to a great start with big big-time wins mm-hmm. when you look at They're beating on the Indiana. the other
3: side of the Big Ten, too. Doesn't look so... However,
5: Iowa does, in their, one of their crossovers, they get Penn State, October 9th. Tricky spot there. They go on the road to Madison, October 30th. Wisconsin, even though they lost to Penn State, they've still got an opportunity to make the college football playoff, uh, if they were to run the table, beat Notre Dame, and and to run the table there, one thing I want to point out though, is I think there's something wrong in the odds. Okay. Ohio State should not have shorter odds than Oregon. Oregon now has wiggle room mm-hmm. because what did they do? They went on the road. And they beat Ohio State. They can't lose. And this they could
3: lose a game. And not it, not in getting in the playoff. Uh-huh. No. Over Ohio State. No, oh man, they're in the Putin conference. Doesn't matter. A one loss Putin doesn't, team is not getting in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. If Ohio State
5: goes 12 and 1, wins the Big 12, Big Ten, Oregon goes 12 and 1, loses, let's say, on the road at UCLA, but bounces back, wins the conference. You can't go to the table and say Ohio State gets in over Oregon. Watch, because Oregon went there and beat them. That's very logical, and that's what a one-loss and, and
3: Pac-12 and team
5: is not getting in the playoff. Not usually, but if it's Oregon this year and it's come, if it comes down to Oregon or Ohio State, Oregon gets in over Ohio State. I don't think so. I 100% agree. Because you, then at that point you just say, well, what are we doing here? because they played head-to-head, one team won, on the road, and it wasn't a situation. By the way, Oregon, in that spot, has the say has the trump card saying, our best player didn't even play, and we beat you, on the road. Kayvon Thibodeau was out, and they still won that game. Ohio State was fully healthy, and they lost
3: at home. Ohio State has a legitimate argument. What? The drum major fell face first <laughs> Running out of the stands. Like how can you play after that happens? I mean so I mean that's a legitimate excuse. All
5: right. So I just think there's there's a in my opinion, there's those odds are, are incorrect. Not that they're that far off, but Ohio State shouldn't be shorter than Oregon. Don't
3: to worry make about the college it. Ohio football State's gonna lose again. They still got to play Michigan, who looks really good. Your guys, Michigan, Michigan State. State, who's going to win the and, whole thing anyway. And they have
5: to win the Big Ten. Uh, if yeah. they were to run the table, they still yeah. would have to win the Big Ten championship against either Iowa or Wisconsin. Yeah, Ohio State's down this year. What about the team you've been pounding the drum for, mm-hmm. but it seems like the drum beats have gone a
3: little softer. Change my mind. Boom, boom. Change my mind.
5: Cincinnati 9-1. to one. They mm-hmm. got that first important... Hurdle, but no longer are you all on Team Bearcat. What's up? Yeah, so
3: normal leadership gets you normal results. Great leadership gets you great results. Transcendent leadership helps you accomplish transcendent program-changing things. Desmond Ritter, based on what I saw in the Indiana game, doesn't have the leadership intangibles, in my opinion to lead them to a undefeated season that gets them into the college football playoff. And here's what I mean by that. And I want to expound because I'm a former quarterback. I'm big on body language. I'm big on energy. I'm big on how you relate and respond to your teammates during the game when things are good, when they're bad, I'm big on self accountability. And I gave him minuses in all those categories versus Indiana. They really struggled on offense in the first half. Some of it was bad pass protection. A lot of it was him being inaccurate, him being late. I didn't like his body language. I didn't like his mannerisms. He was walking around with a lot of entitlement. I saw just some personality characteristics that I hadn't seen in him before. Maybe I hadn't looked close enough. If they can't get that fixed over this bye week and get that energy changed, then I don't give Cincinnati a chance.
5: Cincinnati, you know, you could if you didn't watch that game and you just saw the score, you'd say, wow, Cincinnati went Indiana and won by two touchdowns. Cincinnati almost lost that game in the first half. Or probably should have. Since that, uh, in, Indiana example. had opportunities to put them away. Uh, they had a couple fourth downs they didn't convert. And then the most critical play of the game, Micah McFadden, all-American linebacker for Indiana on third down mm-hmm. gets called for targeting. Not only does that give in, uh, Cincinnati the first down and keep the drive alive, it kicks him out of the game. Yeah. It completely changed the game. Cincinnati goes down, scores a touchdown. Whether it was the right or wrong call, I thought it was a ticky-tack call, but by the letter of the law, it was correct. You hit him in the face mask. That's targeting.
3: You know where Michael McFadden's from? Where's he from? <laughs> Tampa. Tampa. <laughs> You want me to tell you? Did something? you try to get him? Uh, you want me to tell you something amazing? I presented him to our uh, director of recruiting, yeah. and they turned him down.
5: Oh, they didn't want him. He's an All American. I, I yeah. see. In the Big Ten. I see.
3: He was. He yeah, was kind of. The, he was the reason the game changed yeah, because they, he. Left. I was like, guys. I mean, maybe I'm looking at a different <laughs> film here But him. Like, <laughs> we got better. <laughs>
5: uh, a couple other teams um, that that we have. All right, so let's get to Oklahoma because you're not high on Oklahoma. At all. By the way, at minus one seventy, I wouldn't really touch it. Just I, this year, to your point about the year of the uh, of the of David, I think it could be fascinating. I just think the top two teams that I have in my group of five pool there are so far and beyond better than everyone else <laughs> that I'm pretty confident that they're still going to win. Alabama and Georgia, Oklahoma. Look, I've got an eight to one ticket. I feel terrible about that play. Yeah. I, I have not been impressed in any game. They squeak past your alma mater, Tulane. Hell of an effort. Give them all the props in the world. Uh, they beat Western Carolina. Way to go! And then they, you know, really had a dud against Nebraska. So we'll see. This has kind of been the mo of uh, of Oklahoma these past couple of years. They remember last year they lost to Kansas State, they lose to Iowa State, they turn it around, they end up winning the Big Twelve. <clears throat> Do they turn it around? What have you seen so far with uh, with this
3: Oklahoma team? It's hard to pinpoint. Um... They just aren't as dominant. Like, they have the players. I mean, the interception by the uh, defensive player from Oklahoma. I, it's going to be hard to beat that. Oh, my God. For, the one-handed de- catch? Right, for oh, a defensive yeah. highlight. I mean, oh. And the fact that he never put the other hand on the ball. He gets up. He still got it sitting there. I mean, that's like highlight of the year caliber right. stuff. Like, they're probably the most talented receiving core in the entire country. But something's missing. When you watch them play, they don't look like a championship-caliber team. I agree. And they keep rolling the dice in these tight games. They're going to end up losing. And I think they lose more than once. They got some tough games coming up. West Virginia's feeling really good after knocking down Virginia Tech. Kudos to you. Thank you. You call that game. Uh, they got to go to Kansas State. You're, I'm a big fan of that coach. You're a First big climbing. fan of that oh, yeah. coach. I, that's a tough one. Then they got the, what do they call it, Texas-Oklahoma Red game. Red River rivalry. Yeah, that no one really cares about anymore outside of Texas and Oklahoma.
5: And <laughs> then they got, I mean, they had the like,
3: big TCU one. is sitting there undefeated right now. Nobody's talking about Gary Patterson and the Horn Frogs. They haven't lost. Maybe they're not great, but I'm just saying, like, you look at that skill Now, if they can get through that game, then they're cruising in some to kind Iowa of way. Iowa State. Iowa State, I'm just, Brock Purdy, I'm going to call it now, will be the backup quarterback by the time that game happens. They thought about benching him in the Iowa game. He was terrible. He was way. terrible. He was really bad. He was. And they still won.
5: No, they didn't. They no, lost. No, they lost. That's right. Yeah. I bet Iowa State yeah. like a dope. Yeah. No, I lost. <laughs> Iowa won. That's right. Um, speaking of winning, Bryce Harper, out of essentially nowhere, might win NL MVP. The rise of Harper in the odds. We'll discuss that on the other side as the nightcap MVP.
0: if you dare.
5: Indeed helps you hire great people fast. Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. That's according to Talent Nest. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Tim Murray, John King, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Eric Eager. Our weekly visit with him coming up top of the hour. We will chat with him looking ahead to week number 3 got some news and notes we'll get to. Uh, in just a little bit, Big Ben dealing with a pec injury. Ah, my pec. Ah, I think that's that's Just what happens when I don't know you're thirty nine years old.
3: I'm still so mad at the Steelers. Sorry, too soon. Yeah, too soon. Too soon. Sorry. Can you add something to my uh, introduction? Yes. Uh, CEO of the Get BYU to the college football playoff.
5: You can. You can. Look, you can go down to wherever they meet, sit outside their door with uh, what's the movie where John Cusack has the uh, the boombox over his head? You could do that all you want. They ain't getting in. Mm-hmm. They ain't getting in. I guarantee. At 12 and 0, BYU would not get in. First off, they're not going 12 and 0. If they go 12 and 0, they're not getting in.
3: I know how to get you riled up now. Can you get to the news and notes, please? <laughs> <laughs>
5: You're like no longer. He thinks Notre Dame's going to lose this weekend, so that doesn't. No, get him I say mark. I'm taking Notre Dame on the money line. I don't line. like that. See, I don't think you believe that. Oh, hundred percent. I don't I do. think you
3: believe that. I'll show you the ticket. <laughs> Pull him from my pockets, I well, don't have any emotion tied to what this. What was it?
5: What was it with Tulane earlier this year? I forget. You're like I don't want you. On, I don't want you on this side. You don't fully believe it. I don't think you fully believe it. No, I do. I don't
3: think Wisconsin's that good. I don't either. But, right. but, the,
5: but the problem is, a, a, as, as a quarterback, let me ask you a simple question. Okay. Ben Rosselsberger might want the same answer. Is protection important? Yeah.
3: They don't have it. <laughs> but my point being, Minnesota, I mean, Wisconsin's not great pass protection no. wise. Notre Dame's pretty good against the run. Yeah. Wisconsin's going to try and line up, control the clock. They lead the country in time of possession. Right, so then you. I'm going to be sitting there. So this is why you pay me, Marcus me Freeman the big him. bucks.
5: I know. I, I understand that, and the defense has gotten better. That's right. And I am. I am optimistic, and I think Marcus Freeman is figuring things out. No big plays last week. They've got talented dudes, especially up front. Kyle Hamilton's uh, a
3: cyborg. Here's the key to it being an easy victory. Get a lead early. Make Wisconsin yes, play that catch nice. up. The problem
5: I am worried about, Notre Dame will have no ability to run the football. They'll be okay. Williams is going to have a big game. He's averaging like, if you remove his two long runs this year, he's averaging like 2.8 they, yards they were saving
3: there. the little adjustments.
5: I hope so. For this week. Look, I, I hope you are right. I hope you've been talking with Tommy Reese all week, and he's telling you, Sean, we're good to go. I've got some plays up my sleeve. We're going to rock and roll here.
3: And Jack, he's been he's been waiting on this game. Since the last time he walked out of That's the true. Wisconsin Badger football facility, it's and a Jack before he Revo- before Revenge he got in that car to pull away for the last time, he said, "I'm going somewhere where I'll get a chance to play you guys again." He's been looking forward to this game. He's not going to blow it. He's going to play lights out. I'm saying Notre Dame money line.
5: I will. I will join you in solidarity on that ticket. Matter
3: of fact, let me get up here, Notre Dame. Money line. Yeah, I, don't, I, just,
5: I don't know if he's being facetious or if you just truly believe it. I don't know if you believe it or not.
3: That's what great leaders do. Sometimes they keep you guessing. Not exactly sure where their energy motivations are coming from or headed to, but I can <laughs> tell you this. This is 100% true. I like Notre Dame to win this game. I'll have a Notre Dame money line ticket.
5: All right, well, hopefully... Uh, I'll be able to call you around. Oh,
3: I won't be answering the phone during 12, another name game.
5: Twelve thirty after uh, after I have not slept all night, and I'm I'm walking out of Soldier Field. I'll say, Sean, like 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 Rocky right. after Rocky won, you know. Yeah.
3: Sean, we did it. So we did it. Let me say this: as you said something. See, that- this is what you know. What you know? What. I, I'm on
5: to you now. No, I no. figured it out. I figured it out. No, you don't you just, have
3: anything figured out. No, I figured this no. whole thing out. This no. whole
5: scheme out. I have AAC perplexed. Sean over here. No. Just talk na- negatively about Cincinnati. You want that to get back to Nippert Stadium. Get them all riled up during the bye week. You're trying to put the good mojo out there for Notre Dame. So then Cincinnati can win that game against the top ten Notre Dame. Onto the college football I said playoff. that
3: before the year started.
5: <laughs> but you didn't say Wisconsin. You, we didn't get to the point. You just said, this is the way it's going to go. Now, I'm on to you. Listen, I'm
3: on to you. Uh, Notre Dame has things to handle. Right? They can't overlook, <laughs> look past anyone. No, they're just of course not, not talented enough top to bottom, but they have what it takes to win this game. As long as they don't just completely self-destruct, they're going to win. I hope you're right. I'll say this about the scheduling, too, because you were like, it's a slow week. For me, as long as they have a early, middle, and late game that matters... It's always a great Saturday. So you get Notre Dame, Wisconsin early. Then you get kind of your pick. Do you want to see Michigan play like a, at least a legit team in Rutgers, or you get A and M, Arkansas, two undefeated SEC teams? Nothing that's going to change the world, but I mean those are solid games. And then who do we have that night? I've got plenty of games that intrigue me. Yeah,
5: I mean, I've got I've got plenty of games that I've bet on um, uh, on this week. I think Indiana, Western Kentucky. Is yeah, I won't, an I, I won't be watching either. any of that. Why not? What? Western I mean, Kentucky, come on! Baby. Yeah, you have confidence USA money on Western I thought West I was Kentucky. all about. I thought
3: you do. I thought we were. You My know, bet. I thought I convinced you on Bailey Zappy. Hey, you have. I do, but I think the right bet is FAU. I had them too. Yeah. I got both of them. I know. I think the right ten to one to one, is one, eleven FAU. to one.
5: FAU plays uh, Air Force. All right. I want to. I want to sneak in uh, just just a little baseball because the rise of Bryce Harper for MVP is ridiculous. Back on July 29th. What seven weeks ago? Yeah, about right. It was a hundred to one to win MVP. He is now the odds-on favorite to win MVP of the league. He's minus one twenty. He is now the favorite. Scored the game's winning run tonight against the uh, Baltimore Orioles. As Philly trying to hold on to their playoff hopes there, but his numbers in the second half of the season. This was prior to today. His slash lines in the second half. 347, 481, 743, 18 homers, 46 RBI, 24 doubles. Wow. He's been unbelievable. And Tatis has cooled a little bit. The power is down. He had 28 homers in the first half of the season, 60 RBI. Second half of the season, the average hasn't dipped that much for Fernando Tatis Jr. He's got 11 homers and 32 ribbies. Bryce Harper feels like he's going to win this MVP.
3: It's crazy, and I remember talking about this. This was before Tatis had gotten injured this last time, and Bryce Harper not even being like really in the conversation. I want to say Trey Turner was even. Maybe I mean Trey know?
5: Turner's been. I mean, he's been up there with the hit with a ton of hits. Um, I'm
3: just talking as far as when I feel like when I first started the show, we kind of did some some MLB futures talk, and it's amazing. I mean, I I I know there's some people that probably have 100 to one. That would be nice. Gotta like, just stay healthy, brother. Just stay healthy.
5: That would be nice. Um, Just bouncing around uh, baseball before we hit the top of the hour, Eric Eager will join us. Um, The wild card race in the National League is starting to get kind of boring because the Cardinals just keep winning. Ten games. They won again today, beat the Milwaukee Brewers. They have now won ten straight games. As of this moment, they are four games up on the Reds. And four and a half games up on the Padres. The Padres, right now, playing the San Francisco Giants. The Cardinals were, I believe, under 500 at the trade deadline. And now they are 81 and 69, have 110 straight. Four games clear now of the Reds. And I did this whole thing on the show talking about the Reds' schedule and why they'd get in. They They, they lost again to the Pirates today. Uh, and for the Cardinals, guess what? They now have taken two of three, two of four from Milwaukee.
3: And yeah, they got two more. Then I think they play the Cubs, and they get the Brewers again, though. So it's yeah. a little tough sledding. But the Cubs stink. They had
5: seven against the Cubs. Cubs right now,
3: Cubs have right. been playing spoiler
5: lately. Right now, it'd be surprising the way that the Cardinals are playing, and the way I mean, the Padres. I mean, the, the Reds stink right now. As you well know, with yeah, money I'm, and I'm not
3: a, I'm not, I don't even know who the Reds are. I don't talk about Triple A teams.
5: <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's been surprising to think that the Padres, a team that we thought it was a two horse race all year long in the NL West, the Giants have a good chance to win this division. And uh, by the way, the Red Sox game and a half clear of the Blue Jays in the wild card. It's just been who's ever hot, because the Red Sox thought they were out. They've now won six in a row.
3: Before we go to break, during the break, I'm going to figure out what happened during this seven day stretch from July 29th when Bites was 100 to 1 to August 5th when he dropped to 18 to 1.
5: Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, going to join us at the top of the hour. Turn our attention to week three of the NFL right here on the Nightcap.
1: Zumo Zumo Play.